0: Hey, this is Nathan Jenkins from Loon Mountain Ministry, and I want to thank you for checking out our podcast today. We welcome you to join us, the trees, the rocks, and all of creation as we worship our great God. Enjoy the message. Good morning, Loon Mountain Ministry. Look at all these beautiful faces today. (laughs) So good to see you all. Here at Loon Mountain Ministry, we read our scripture together out loud and we use our outdoor voices. So please join me. And reading Ecclesiastes 5 4 through 7. When you make a vow to God, do not delay to fulfill it. He has no pleasure in fools. Fulfill your vow. It is better not to make a vow than to make one and not fulfill it. Do not let your mouth lead you into sin. And do not protest to the temple messenger, My vow was a mistake. Why should God be angry at what you say and destroy the work of your hands? Much dreaming and many words are meaningless. Therefore, fear God. Thank you, Sarah. You may be seated. We uh, started the Books of Wisdom series maybe coming up on two years back because we knew that our staff was really young and we needed wisdom. We had energy, we had excitement, we had vision, we were pretty young, we needed some wisdom. So we said, all right, Holy Spirit, lead the way. And we opened up the book of Job first and we walked through that for like over a year, I think. And we found out that Job was old school. Job went to school, he walked to school uphill both ways and it was winter, 12 months of the year. You know, so Job was old school. But boy, we loved sitting at his feet and listening to Grandpa tell the old stories. And they're tough. They were tough back then. And we learned that God is God and we are not. And the best thing to do is say, yes, Dad. The best thing to do is say, yes, Dad. We also learned that nothing happens on earth that hasn't come across Dad's desk and gotten his approval. Then we moved on to Ecclesiastes, and uh, the Bible Project says that, you know, Ecclesiastes is a cynical middle-aged professor that blows smoke into your face with their pipe. We liken it to like that uncle that's single, right, and has traveled the whole world and has like three or four doctorates, and mom and dad sometimes say, "Eh, I don't know if I really want you hanging out with uncle so-and-so, but you're really curious because he reads a lot of books and smokes a corncob pipe. And you kind of like the smell of the pipe. And so you go into his room. He's got a wingback chair and a crackling fire. And he says, oh, so you think you know it all, huh? You think everything works out like the way it works out on the flannel graph board in Sunday school? Well, let me, bro, smoke on your theology, meaningless, and blow smoke into what you believe. you're like, "Ah oh, I thought I knew what I believed. And so we've been working through Ecclesiastes, and it's the Book of Wisdom. And there are two voices in Ecclesiastes. There's the Koholet, or the teacher, or uh, the gatherer, actually. And then there's the author, recording what the Koholet is saying. And the Koholet, uh, most likely, is King Solomon, wisest man uh, ever born, uh, granted that by God, and um, asked, actually, uh, Solomon asked God for wisdom, and God granted it. And... Um, Solomon always gives me hope, right? Because sometimes you look at me like, my word, this is the wisest man in the world, and God granted him wisdom. How cool is that? But there are some rules in the Old Testament that really don't make any sense to us now, but they were super rules for the kings back then. The wisest man in the world left the meeting with God and then went and broke all three rules. The first rule was do not uh, hoard massive amounts of wealth for yourself. He did that. Then it says, do not marry foreign women because they'll lead you to foreign gods. He did that. And then it said, do not go to Egypt to get horses because we came out of there in slavery and you shouldn't go back. He went and got some Egyptian horses. So, (laughs) if the wisest man in the world did that, I have some hope that God's going to save me from my stupidity. And that's why we've turned to the books of wisdom, so we can learn wisdom. Today, we're going to learn the wisdom of a vow. Now, a vow is kind of an old word, but I'm a minister, and I'm a minister on a ski resort that has a really cool outdoor chapel that everyone wants to get married in. There's about 40 to 50 weddings here a summer pre-COVID, and we're quickly climbing to that again, right? And everyone wants to get married here, and in a wedding, there are vows right there are vows That's not a normal word we use anymore but we make vows we make vows all the time every time you pay with something in cash or you pay with a credit card or you pay with a check vow every time you commit to do something in your calendar on your phone vow every time you do something that you're good at or something that you've been gifted at that's a vow We make vows every day. Now, usually around New Year's, we like to make New Year's resolutions. Those are kind of vows, right? And a lot of times the Bible says, be careful when you make a vow to the Lord. And you think, well, what? Did I make a vow to the Lord? Ah, A lot of times we make vows to the Lord. You might be at a summer camp and be like, God, I vow to follow you when I get home if that girl will like me. (laughs) right? Or, you know, you might step it up a notch and you might be in college and be like, Lord, I vow, I vow to do better if mom and dad never find out about this thing that happened. (laughs) Right? Right? Or maybe take it a step further and like, all right, Lord, I vow that I will raise my children the way you want me to raise them if you give me them, if you give me some. God, I, I vow to use this home for you if you would just let this closing happen, if we could be the ones to get the bid on this house. Lord, I vow to you if you would heal me from this disease that the doctor said may kill me, I vow with the rest of my life I will serve you. See how we kind of up the ante as things get, you know, more and more. And These are, these are vows. We do. We usually typically make vows in the foxhole. Right When things aren't going well. But then you have that New Year's resolution. And I vow to lose weight is the typical one. Have you ever noticed that there are some vows you seem to be able to keep? Boom, like that. And some vows you don't seem to be able to keep really well? I know in my own life, right, I, I, I vowed to never drink caffeine. And what it was, and I want to talk about the internal motivation versus external motivation. I was at my in-laws having my normal second, second cup of coffee. This was about 12 or twelve years ago. All of a sudden, I worked at a Christian camp, so I drank way too much coffee there. And uh, all of a sudden, my heart inside of me just started to race. Right? Out of my control. I, you, know, you know, it's really weird when you feel your heart and it's not doing what it's supposed to be doing. It was just sitting there fluttering. and I, It just spooked me. And so right then and there, I just blamed it on the coffee. I don't know if that was really it or not. I just blamed it on the coffee. And I really, if, I, if, if, if it's up to me, I do not drink caffeine. Sometimes people slip me caffeine because they want to see what it does. That's not cool. <laughs> Bad idea. But I haven't had caffeine for like 12 years. And you know what? I just drove to Oregon and back. And I did 15-hour days in the car. I didn't drink caffeine. I, I don't really need it. Um... But I don't drink caffeine. That was one I've never looked back on. Now, I have vowed many times to lose weight. And I've gone between 215 pounds and 275 pounds and everywhere in between. Right? Why can't I break that one? Well, I heard something the other day that maybe gives me an indication of why I can't keep that vow. It says, a drinking nachos sure feels better than skinny feels. I was like, yes, that is why I can't keep this in. A drinking nacho sure feels better than skinny feels. And that was, I wanted that t shirt. I was like, that's an awesome t shirt. And that's, but here's the thing internal versus external. See, I kept the vow of no caffeine because I feared something. I feared this heart thing I couldn't control. It it spooked me. That's an internal motivation. Trying to lose weight because you want to look good on Instagram or Snapchat or Facebook or the beach. That is external motivation. And external motivation just is not the same as internal motivation. Would you agree with me? It's just not the same. Let me draw this parallel what are the last three words of this scripture that we what are the last three words therefore fear god what i would like to tell you is that when you do not fulfill your vow you do not understand the fear of the lord the fear of God, the fear of the Lord, is an internal motivator. Belief comes from in here. And why I stopped drinking caffeine is because of some reason no one told me. I didn't read it somewhere. I just believed that that coffee did this to my heart. And the reason why I don't lose weight really well is I believe nachos in a drink feels better than skinny feels right belief drives action and motivation drives belief and the fear of God is an internal motivator you ready for this but the fear of others is external motivation the fear of others is an external motivator. Talking about the fear of God is not a real warm and fuzzy thing. We don't like doing it in 2021, right? Where everyone gets a trophy. and We shouldn't be afraid of anything, right? But the fear of God is a healthy respect, right? Of who He is. And the Bible talks a lot about the fear of the Lord. Let me read this verse for you. It comes out of Proverbs chapter 28, verse 14. Another wisdom book. It says this, Blessed is the one who trembles before God, but whoever hardens his heart falls into trouble. Blessed is the one who trembles before God, but whoever hardens their heart falls into trouble I love Johnny Cash and he does a really cool rendition of were you there were you there when they crucified my Lord it causes me to tremble 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 what is tremble what is tremble here's what I came up with a definition for tremble tremble is an involuntary movement Produced by an internal belief in something greater than yourself. Let me say that again. To tremble is an involuntary movement. Produced by an internal belief of something bigger than you. Okay, case in point. I was at school a couple of years ago at a giant assembly. The local minister, the local minister, the local principal is a big dude. And he's military. And he still has a crew cut. And he's big. There were some kindergartners in this assembly doing what kindergartners do in the back row. Mr. Pribbenow, all he did was walk in with his hands behind his back like this, and stood behind them, (laughs) they trembled. They had an involuntary movement produced by an internal belief of something bigger than themselves. And I love this about the fear of the Lord. I love this. My kids are like, here he goes again. Because this is my analogy with them about the fear of the Lord. So Mr. Pribbenow struck fear in the heart of those kindergartners. And they sat up. Yep. And they paid attention. They fear Mr. Pribbenow. But boy, is it a beautiful and healthy fear. Because heaven forbid anything evil ever happened in this little school. But if something evil happened in this little school, where would every single one of those kindergartners run? To Mr. Pribbenow. And they'd be right behind him because they fear him. And that's the healthy. And it wells up tears in my eyes because that is a beautiful image of your God. And if the fear within you drives you away from God it's not a healthy fear for evil must cause you to run to the heart of God because he is good (laughs) I love Mr. Tumnus he's not tame but he is good God is not a tame lion or a safe lion but he is a good lion And I'll end with this, the greatest vow of all time. I meet with couples, I do 12 to 15 weddings a year, and we talk about this thing called a covenant. A covenant is when two come together and vow, and they create this agreement called a covenant in the Bible. And the covenant has two, just two, elements to it. Two pieces to the recipe of a covenant. And it's found in John 3.16 and John 3.17. John 3.16, most famous verse in all the world. It's what you'll see in the end zone at football games, what you'll see at wrestling matches. And it says this, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Then John 3.17 says, but God didn't send his son to the world to condemn it, but to save it through him. And that right there is the vow god has made to humankind greatest vow ever and it has two elements choice and commitment right if you go to princess bride love true love what what is true love made up of choice and commitment and country music doesn't write songs about choice and commitment and Disney doesn't make movies about choice and commitment because they're not sexy. But they are what make a covenant. And when you look at John 3.16 and the vow that God is making to the earth, it's incredible because God chose to love the world. Hear that? You hear that in there? God so loved the world. He chose to love the world. The first element to covenant, the first element to the vow is choose. Choose. The second recipe piece, the second element to a vow, to a covenant, is commit. Choice and commit. It said, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. What did Jesus do? He committed his life. The Bible says, there is no greater love, hath someone, than one who commits his life, lays down his life. Commitment, choice and And commitment and you know what when those two things come together we have verse 17 when those two things come together we are rendered uncondemnable that's what happens when you make a vow to the lord and it has nothing to do with you except for your belief the vow hinges solely on god solely on god because he chose to love and Jesus committed his life. And so when you make the vow, the Bible says to confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and to believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's the vow you make to the Lord. The big one. Not, you know, that's the one you make. And the only reason why that vow can be upheld is because God chose to love the world and Jesus chose to commit his life. It's the only hope that we have. And this is found in the book of wisdom. It is wise for you to believe in these vows. It is wise for you to give yourself to Christ in the vow saying, I believe, I confess with my mouth that I'm a sinner. I believe in my heart that God has raised you from the dead. Those are my vows to you. I, this is the good news. That you and I have no hope of, commi- of, of being able to fulfill our vows. <laughs> That's the good news. I had good news twice. I had good news when I came to Christ because I couldn't fulfill those vows. And I had good news when Heidi said yes to me on June 11, 2005 because I really can't commit to those vows either. And she still loves me. And God still loves me. There's a beautiful story in the Old Testament where God causes Abraham to fall asleep. And God says, I'm going to make a covenant with you, Abraham. And this is insane. You guys want to know why we have a center aisle in church? This is kind of cool. Listen up. This is kind of weird. But this is how it came about. To show the intensity of committing to a covenant in a marriage. If you were rich, it was a cow. If you were blue collar like me, it would be a goat or a sheep. If you were poor, it was a dove. After the wedding back in those days, long ago, to show how serious this commitment was to this covenant, they would cut the cow in half. And they would put the cow or goat or sheep or dove on either side of the exit of the wedding. And the couple would hold hands and walk through the dead animal and say, if we ever break our vows, may it be with us like it is with this animal, never to be put back together again. And that's how kings made covenants with cutting cows in half. And then afterwards they would cook it and have a big old feast. That was the fun part. Um, Kings would do that. Weddings would do that. Family members would do that to agree. That's how we got a center aisle of a church. Because this is a lot more normal. That's kind of weird to be at a wedding and walk through some intestines hanging out. A little weird. This is a lot better, okay? This is kind of cool. But here's the thing. Back to that story in the Old Testament. God was making a covenant with Abraham. And they were going to walk through these pillars of fire. You know what's awesome Abraham fell asleep and couldn't walk through the pillars with God. And he had a dream and he saw God walk through the pillars for Abraham. That's the gospel. Because you can't walk through it. You can't fulfill it. Neither can I. God walks through it for us. And fulfills it for us. Our only job is to surrender, like that song said, and believe. And that is the wisdom of the vows of Scripture. Pretty cool, huh? You'll never forget why we have a center aisle in church anymore. (laughs) God, we thank you. We thank you that when you spoke this into existence, you knew the choice that you had to make, and you were willing to commit your son, and Jesus, you were willing to commit your life to fulfill these vows, that we could be in eternal relationship with you. We love you, God. We thank you for this wisdom from the book of Ecclesiastes. We thank you for the vows spoken over us. God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, call us out that we might confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that, you can, that we can be saved. Thank you for saving us. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We here at Loon Mountain Ministry are committed to loving God, serving community, and enjoying mountains. We want to thank you for being a part of our collective high five this week as we seek to be a light in the White Mountains and all around the world, please feel free to reach out to us at info at loonmtnministry.com so we can get more connected. See you guys.